Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Joe, we are live on a Thursday. Uh, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? April 12th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. 48 hours or about two days after uh, we should have gone live, but it's all good. We are here now. Lots to discuss in the world of mixed martial arts, from Conor McGregor to the UFC to Bellator uh, to all kinds of headlines uh, making stories lately in the world of mixed martial arts. Some good, some bad. For those that don't know, uh, I'm not sure if it's down in the States, but in Canada, it's uh, it's Jersey Day. Uh, and, what the hell is Jersey Day? Well, in memory of the bus crash that went down in Saskatchewan, uh, where 17 lives were lost, wow. all schools, uh, pretty much all schools across the nation are honoring the 17 uh, or the players that died and the, the hockey players that died uh, in the bus crash, as well as some of the staff, a play-by-play guy, uh, radio broadcaster passed away in that horrific accident. So all the kids in school nowadays are uh, today are wearing jerseys. This is the best jersey I have, Toronto Maple Leafs, yep, in the playoffs tonight, big game tonight, game one of the playoffs. But uh, yeah, Sean, what's going on in your world? the men if we had a holiday for every american tragedy yes we wouldn't have many days to work uh you know wrestlemania week complete uh the, the internet issues that i experienced the other day thanks spectrum uh gave me a little bit of breathing room for for a couple of minutes as we wrap that up but we got an hour here and of course right after this show if you're watching live you can tune into james lynch's mma industry podcast but we got plenty to talk about joe let's get into it yeah, what do you want to start with? Because I mean, I, what else we got to start with? Come on yeah. now, we haven't. I, you and I have not discussed the whole Conor McGregor incident exactly. for the moment that it took place uh, when the news started breaking. I mean, for those that don't know, I was in Florida covering Titan FC, uh, and you know, when you when you're working for a promotion, you definitely want to promote what you're doing and that that's technically you know it's not part of my job i just think it's it's something i should do so in the midst of trying to get everyone to be aware that you know titan fc was on friday night in ufc fight pass this whole mcgregor thing took over the mixed martial arts world so it's almost you had this weird sort of feeling sean where you're guilty for promoting titan fc the main event the two title fights what's happening with me and people are like dude who cares 
what's going on? What, what kind of information do you have on Conor McGregor? I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not in New York. I don't know what's going on. But lo and behold, Conor McGregor decides to take a dolly and throw it through a, or try to throw it through a bus window, causing uh, you know some damage and some injuries to some of the fighters that were on the card, Michael Chiesa, Ray Borg, who never ended up competing. Uh, but, you know, he ends up getting arrested. Or he turns himself in, excuse me, but he gets arrested and there's multiple charges right now. And I just think, you know what? I, we heard what Joe Rogan said. We heard what Jimmy Smith said. We heard what Bruce Buffer said. We've seen so many different people come out publicly um, with their thoughts on 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 Conor McGregor. And I, I'm still, you know, nothing really positive to say about that. Obviously, it's it's just negative. It's, just, it's a definitely a bad look. I think it's funny that Floyd Mayweather had some advice for Conor McGregor. I'm like, dude, you're the last person to say anything. Uh, in this type of situation when it comes to Conor McGregor, because outside of the boxing ring, you are not squeaky clean, my oh, friend. Yeah. So listen, man, like, like I think Kevin Lee kind of made it funny. He's like this guy, he called him a, he called Conor McGregor a cokehead who's so dying to really be from the streets. Right. Like it's just, just this thing with whole, with, with Artem Loboff and these, and this actions that these guys did. It's, irrehensible it's just terrible like what are you thinking like i don't care how much money in the world you have you're a dad like you're a father yeah or he won't after all this i wonder how much and when it's all said and done how much money he's going to be sued for and the fact that his manager adi atar came out with a press release saying conor mcgregor wants to fight as soon as possible oh hell yeah because you're going to get sued for pretty much as who knows how much you're going to get sued for whatever wealth that you had is now going to be you know Taken away, you better start making some money back. It's just silly. It's just silly, Sean. Oh, man. So <clears throat> McGregor allegedly came in after Habib's team cornered Artem Lobov. However, I'm under the impression he was going to be there anyway. We've talked about it for weeks leading up to this is that he was planned to be there. Maybe that changed when, when Tony Ferguson was pulled from the fight, but I don't think so. I think that because Max Holloway was there, maybe that put him there even more. But they definitely got there towards the end of media day and the Mac life who does a fraction of the traffic that fightful.com does and our credentials credentials let him in. And uh, I was told that a PR woman kind of showed McGregor which way to go, but I mean, why wouldn't she? It's Conor McGregor. That's, that's the difficult part, right? Why wouldn't she say, Oh, right this way, McGregor. You're you're right over here, of course. Then all that happened, and I had all these people saying it's a work, it's a work. No, the NYPD doesn't get involved in works. The New York State Athletic Commission doesn't get involved in works. Michael Chiesa doesn't give up half of his money for works. Ray Borg doesn't give up half of his money for a work. And Artem Lobov doesn't pass up his chance to make money for a work. Like, it's man. Well, when you started seeing all those tweets that came out saying total work, and I'll be honest with you, I was dealing with people, high-level executives uh, that were in attendance at Titan FC from various uh, promotions, organizations, and management and stuff like that, and all of them, almost unanimously, Sean, were like, this is all This is all scripted. This mm-hmm. is all put together by the UFC to generate pay-per-views, to keep things in the news, to sell pay-per-views, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... No, no. Why would a guy purposely get a criminal record? Now, if he had one before, why add to it? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't doubt that they expected him to be there. I don't expect. I don't doubt that. However, I don't think that they expected him to do everything that he did. And uh, <clears throat> then, then 
I've mentioned this before on FightfulSelect.com. Forgot to plug that, guys. Extra premium content, uh, exclusive podcasts. Go check it out. Just FightfulSelect.com. Take a gander. Anyway, I had a lot of people saying Thursday, oh, are you going to do a pod- podcast on this? You're going to do a podcast on this? And I said, hell no. I'm waiting until after weigh-in day. Habib is fighting. Something's <laughs> going to happen. And it did. And Max Holloway was deemed unfit to fight. He's not mad. Dana White's not mad. Probably the right call on behalf of New York, given the amount. Max Holloway refused to say if he was over 180 pounds or not. So that's pretty indicative, I think. He was pulled. Then they wanted Showtime Pettis. Showtime Pettis wanted more money, reasonably, for a title fight, a five-round fight. UFC said no. They wanted Paul Felder. Paul Felder, who is in Fightful's top 15 rankings, is in Fight Matrix's top 10 rankings. But the New York State Athletic Commission apparently said something like, he's not ranked in the UFC rankings, he can't fight. Okay, whatever. Because based on what I saw on Saturday night, Paul Felder stood as, as good of a chance, if not better, than anybody else who was put in there. All due respect to Ally Aquinta, who did get that fight. <clears throat> By the way, it technically wasn't a title fight for Ally Aquinta because he weighed in 0.2 pounds above. And in New York, you only have a two-hour window after you make weight to weigh in again. So even though the weigh-ins are from 8 to 11, if you weigh in at 8.01, you only have until 10.01. Meanwhile, somebody scurries in at, at uh, 10.59, 11.59, they have they get to go beyond that weigh-in window. Weird rules, weird rules. But ultimately, Habib Nurmagomedov beat the brakes off of Ally Quinta. And based on his striking, I think that Paul Felder honestly stood the best chance of anybody in that fight. Maybe Pettis would have done better, but I would like to have th- thought that uh, I think Paul Felder is better at this stage. By the way, they were pulled from the card. Pettis and Felder, they're teammates. They're not fighting. Holy crap, what a mess. Although, nine fight, nine fight card. I like. It was still fun. I mean, I, I yeah. personally liked it. I mean, I felt – I'm going to ask you this, though. You, you, you mentioned a nine-fight card. The UFC lost UFC Fight Pass. The fight's on UFC Fight Pass. Well, they also go ahead and sue Conor McGregor for any potential revenue that they would lose. This could no. open up – what's that? Hell no. You don't think so? No, they're not going to run that risk. Yeah, I don't know because that would expose, quote-unquote, how much money that they could generate and make it public whenever the UFC Fight Pass fights are on for a pay-per-view event or in general. I would love to see it, to be honest with you, but you don't think it's going to happen? I wouldn't be surprised no. if somebody, somehow something gets done there. But it, it is just a situation that just boggles my mind. They, they um, stand to make more money by just being associated with Conor McGregor and not having him fight, then they would make off of suing him for fight pass. Very true. But no, but this, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I wanted to know your thoughts on that because it's kind of weird. Because uh, Dana White basically said, who wants to be in business with this guy? I know we're rolling our eyes thinking mm-hmm. about that. Who wants to be in business with this guy? But there does come a time when it's like, dude, what are you doing? Probably the company that's going to sell 2 million pay-per-views when him and Habib fight. That's probably the company that wants to be in business with him. Um, Ray Borg's going to sue, I would imagine. Michael Chiesa sues. Uh, Probably any other people that were involved in that skirmish. A lot of people said it was scripted because of the embedded thing. I think they bought that footage from somebody. I would be surprised. I'm pretty sure they bought that footage from somebody. And, you know, if it happened, why not capitalize off of it? Once upon a time, Stone Cold Steve Austin filled Vince McMahon's car, his Corvette, with cement. No lawsuits were filed over that. 
<laughs> good point. Good point. Good point. So uh, then we, we got into fight night and Habib was dominant. And Ally Quinta couldn't do much of anything on the feet, but a lot of that Habib Nurmagomedov striking was problematic to me. Chin straight up. He would go back, and it's not like he was slipping punches. He was just going back, avoid trying to not get hit. I'm sorry, man. If Conor McGregor gets five chances to do that, I don't know that it that it takes five chances to do that. However, that being said, I know that McGregor doesn't have the wrestling history of an ally at Quinta either. Yeah, it, it, I mean, when you look at that fight, it's so it's almost easy for us to look at that uh, and then start judging what we saw. The, the bottom line is, realistically speaking, what's that? Their jobs. <laughs> bottom, bottom line, when you take a look at what you know, Habib pre- prepared for and what Ally Quinta prepared for, the body mechanics and the muscle memory of going through all that training basically had to almost go out the window because eventually it got to the point where the guy that you were training to fight is not in front of you anymore. You tried to instill that game plan or try to defend that game plan, but it's not what you were prepared for. So then you go back to your regular natural instincts of mixed martial arts. So in no way do I fault Nurmagomedov for you know his his performance that wasn't as dominant as I thought it was going to be and able to finish Ally Aquinta. I don't fault Ally Aquinta uh, for not being able to instill his game plan because Habib is just such a dominant force. What we got is basically what we you know, what you saw, you know? So to me, there was no issues whatsoever in either guy's performance. Could it have been more exciting? Yeah, hell yeah. Why not? Yeah, but I get it. But it, yeah, like oh, I, said, I like watching Habib wrestle, though. He's so good at it. Oh, he's and just, the chain wrestling is fantastic. He was he was welcomed uh, back into Russia by like 2,000 people. Impressive, impressive. Also impressive was Rose Namajunas defeating Joanna Janjacek for a second straight time. Joanna didn't seem so down on herself after this. I'm more interested in, in the follow-up, what happens to Joanna after this. But Rose getting uh, – it's not a monkey off her back. It's a giant goddamn gorilla, Joe. Yeah, it is. I mean, to, to, to do what she did against Johanna Janjacek officially – I mean, if anyone had any doubt, Sean, if anyone had any doubt how good Rose Namajunas is, could she stand and bang with the greatest mixed martial arts female of all time or one of the, it's done. It's done. It's it's official. Like Rose Namajunas is a bad, bad woman and she deserves all the accolades, all the praise, all the press. Uh, the gold and everything like that. So now it remains to be seen. I, I did have some conversations um, with some longtime mixed martial arts uh, enthusiast fans uh, that I go back, Sean, like 20 years with uh, guys that I've trained with high level black belts um, and really good mixed martial artists. And they were just talking about the coaching and whether or not, you know, I gave my theories, but whether or not Pat Barry should be in her corner, whether or not, you know, yeah. and, and Trevor Whitman's um, coaching style. And I said, look, man, they're counterbalancing each other. You don't want to confuse a fighter who's already getting punched in the head as is. But Pat Barry is, is, you know, Rose's fiance. She feeds off of that energy. She needs him there for, at the very worst, moral support. And then you got Trevor who's just like, hey, are we having fun? Are we doing this? Are you having fun? Let's go out there and have fun. And I was like, Jesus, man, she's getting punched in her skull. She's bruising up her hands and her wrists and everything in her body. And it's fun. Hell yeah, I'm watching this. This is fantastic. So what did you make of the corner every time they went into the, uh, you know, into the into the red corner during uh, during breaks? I thought that Rose Namajunas adapted 
wonderfully. And she has a corner that cares about her. She has a corner that, you know, has been with her for, or I don't want to say been with her for a while. Uh, she, she spent some time at Rufus sport, stuff like that, but to adapt to someone who adapts themselves like Joanna does. I mean, we, we've seen Joanna, I don't want to say rope a dope people, but she's, she's willing to take it for a couple rounds and then just step on the gas and, Rose didn't let that affect her. Now, Joanna did did pretty well in that in that fifth round, I thought, uh, making it messy. But Rose has both knocked out and finished a woman who I would put her, her cardiovascular ability up there, maybe with just Mighty Mouse. Maybe maybe those two and few other others in there. And the fact that Rose was able to adapt, at least until that last round, so well, man, that speaks volumes for her. And she's still a very young fighter. You just took the words out of my mouth. She is still a young fighter. She's the world champion at 25 years old. I mean, she is now, now about to enter her peak because the peak in mixed martial arts is usually 26 to 27. Mm -hmm. She's about a year and a half away from her peak. She might be going for a long, long run. I do notice on the chat, though, in the live chat, top right of your screen, ladies and gentlemen, um, people are saying it's a bad matchup. Andrade is a bad matchup for her. Uh, Claudia, bad matchup. Listen, mixed martial arts, there's always going to be that one person in general that has your number. And who knows who it's going to be. But based on what we're seeing right now, and I hate using anything that has to do with any sort of recency bias, I'm very impressed with Rose Namajunas. She just keeps getting better Mm -hmm. and better and better. And you remember... She stood and traded with arguably the best, one of the best strikers in mixed martial arts, especially on the female side, and held her own, emerged victorious. What if that fight went down to the ground? Let's be honest for a second. Can anyone out there really say that if this fight went down on the ground, that Ioana would do just as well as Rose did in the stand-up? It's a good point. That's a very good point. And we saw Andrade run into trouble with, run into trouble. She lost to Ioana. There, there are a lot of, but I mean, there are a lot of people that are out there that, that Rose has been beaten by right now. I mean, Torres, Esparza, and Kivolkovich, and at least, well, I'd say Esparza can put herself in the title picture, and Kivolkovich can put herself, or kind of has already put herself in the title picture. Tisha Torres would probably have to win again, maybe twice, in order to do that. But uh, yeah, there, there's, it's, it's just this. Man, let, let's see. I'm trying to think of the word to describe it. Now, I don't want to say there's a there was a cloud that hung over it with Joanna as champion because there wasn't. She was a great dominant champion. But I would imagine she moves to 125. She should because that her versus Shevchenko is a top flight fight right there. But it opens up a whole lot, even though a lot of these matchups have already happened. And that was like almost the issue that we had with Joanna. We we're not in a situation where the champion has beaten everybody. We're in a situation where a bunch of people have beaten the champion, and we we've got that that possibility moving forward. With Joanna, it was just like, uh, who are we going to run back that's already beaten or that she's already beaten? With Rose, it's a little bit different. Yeah. So the question is, or one of the questions to consider is, who calls the shots here? Now, who calls the shots? What should be the right matchup now? Does Rose say, you know what? There are three people. Uh, that I would like to avenge my losses against? Carolina, Carla, or Tisha? Does the UFC now say, well, you know what? I think you should fight Andrade. I think you should fight Claudia, right? Two people that, as of right now, kind of deserve a title shot, but they don't. 
Andraj yeah. does. Carolina, you know, coming out victorious on Saturday night. She's already got a win over the champ. Easy promotion right there. I mean, if you're the – so let me ask you this, Sean. If you're the UFC, what do you do? If you're Rose Namajunas, who do you want? Oh, man. If Esparza beats Gedalia on in on June 9th, I would do her. I would put her uh, in the fight. But I don't know if they'll wait that long to book a fight because that's two months from now. Because you could play it up as the division coming full circle. Because that was their first championship fight was Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza, and it went the other way. Otherwise, oh, I think they'll probably give it to Carolina, which which is a bummer. I I don't want to say a bummer, but I mean that was a close fight, and it was fight of the night. So you could that that probably wouldn't be a bad one to run back. I think. I don't think Esparza stands much of a chance. Well, again, let's see what happens with Gadea. The problem is if, if, if Claudia does win, it's almost like it, it's almost like an expected win per se, and it doesn't really do – it doesn't add spark to the division. It just keeps Claudia up there, right? Yeah. And Jessica's up there. Carolina made a case for herself that, you know what, she did um, – she won. I think – I mean, I, I know it was a unanimous decision uh, – oh, sorry, split decision. Excuse me. Excuse me. She did win that fight. I think it was uh, there was more of a separation than, than what people give it credit for. She, I think she won that fight, uh, unanimous decision. And and Felice Herring, who she defeated, was up there. I mean, you were championing the fact that if she was to win this fight, she deserves yeah. a title shot. Well, in your books, there's that one contender we were waiting for to get that title shot that was sort of eliminated now momentarily by Carolina. So I could see Carolina getting that shot, right? She's already had a shot at the title, though. Right, as have Andrade. So it's 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 weird how this mix is all being put together. I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to be played out. I was one of the people that said Yuana didn't deserve a rematch with Rose because she got her ass handed to her. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. She got knocked out. She got beat up. Win one fight, then get your title fight. Well, the UFC saw otherwise. You saw it better to have that rematch, so we could sort of solidify what that actually because it could have it could have provided a rubber match, but now it's set in stone. I don't see Ioana taking on Rose Namajunas anytime soon yeah. unless she steps in on short notice for an injury for the next title challenger. Can always happen. Yeah. Can always happen. Yeah. Yeah. Ioana at 125. Now, I immediately said maybe her against Nico, but then people reminded me Shevchenko deserves that shot, and she does. But if Shevchenko, if Shevchenko is going to beat Nico Montano, my no disrespect to Nico, but. There was nothing in that fight with Modafferi that led me to believe anything different. It's just a matter of when they can get Nico in the cage to fight Valentina. The end of the year, though, if they wanted to throw Joanna in a title fight against Shevchenko, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. Although I don't necessarily like the idea of a woman coming off of two straight losses, no matter how dominant she was before, getting a title fight. We've seen that happen before. What do you think? Good question. Good question. Uh, I do want to see you want to move up to 125 and fight Valentina. That's just the bottom line. That's, that's the, the best. Line. That's one of the best women's fights you can make right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, That's the fight I really, really want to see. And like you said, take nothing away from Montano. But heck, wait a second. If Montano takes out Shevchenko, that's going to throw an amazing curveball into all our conversations. How? If she defeats Shevchenko, that'd be sick. That'd oh be, yeah, 
Yeah, it would be a fantastic victory for her, obviously taking out one of the best in the world. Now you become one of the best in the world. Yeah, it's mixed martial arts. Anything can happen. So a lot of answers uh, to a lot of questions are going to be forthcoming uh, over the next couple of months. I'm looking forward to it all going down. I think there's a lot of excitement uh, in these women's divisions right now, uh, with the exception of our favorite, uh, Featherweight. But yeah, that's another story altogether. So we talked about that. There are a couple other fights that happened on this show. Uh, Moicano defeated Qatar. Zabit defeated Bosniak. That fight ruled. Jeez. That fight just kicked ass. From from fight pass prelim to main card. Yeah. Sick. And uh, I just want to say shout out to James Lynch, who got very creative because we, we told you all the story about the Fightful credentials. So he couldn't get media day stuff for us there. So instead he talked to Kyle and was like, let's go play Street Fighter in your hotel room and I'll film that. And it was awesome. And he did it with Calvin Qatar, too, who was also on the pay-per-view main card. They played Mortal Kombat. We talked about uh, Kovolkovich defeating Herrig. Uh, Ashley Evans-Smith beat Beck Rawlings. I thought that Ashley looked pretty damn good in that fight, too. Uh, we have an interview with her coming to Fightful.com. Uh, Olivier Aubin-Mercier, big win over Evan Dunham in very, very short order. And now he is has won seven of his last eight, has never been finished. He's looking good, Joe. Yeah, he's looking okay. Yeah, my God. I I mean, I expected him to win the fight. I did not expect for him to uh to run through Evan Dunham quite like that. That was just I'm not saying it's impressive. A fluke. I'm definitely not saying it's a fluke. I'm just saying Evan Dunham is one of those fighters. That's a little bit later on. It's in, it's, in, it's in the twilight of his career that anything like this could happen. Yeah. So I'm not saying that um, Olivier caught lightning in a bottle. He didn't. He executed a fantastic sequence of strikes and, and, and finished him off. Those, those knees to the to the liver um, or the kidneys just or liver, excuse me, was were just what was required. So take nothing away from the victory, but I'm like, eh. I don't know. I, mean, I, I was predicting him to get his back, to work to get his back. Didn't have to happen, right? As a, as a result, Rose Nami Yunus has debuted in the pound-for-pound pound rankings at 15. Zabit is now in the featherweight rankings, number 14. Uh, Ashley Evans-Smith in her flyweight debut debuts at a number 11 in those rankings. Aubin Mercier, number 15. But here's the funny one. <laughs> Paul Felder, number 14 now, after not being ranked last week and losing out on a fight. Good on the uh, typically turdy 12, as I'll call them. Oh, the uh, people who rank the UFC uh, uh, the UFC rankings, with the exception of Andreas Hale. I like I like him. Is that how many members are, are voting now, 12? Like 14. 14. There used to be like 36, 37. Uh, they're the turdy 12 now. Yeah, I have to get out of that. I got out of that real quick. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I, just let, I have David T's do ours now. I mean, he covers... Friggin' everything from Alaskan fighting championships yeah. to UFC, so why not? He does our Bellator rankings and our UFC rankings. You know, we always say anything could happen in MMA. Like, you could go on and become maybe one of the bigger wrestling stars of a generation based on your UFC career. And I don't know if you caught Ronda Rousey on WWE. Didn't have a chance. I'm dying to see it, though. I heard it was really good. Well, let me just tell you, it could not have went any better. Good for her. I, I really see her and Stephanie McMahon as this generation, Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. Because the thing is, you remember back in the day, Steve Austin would always beat up Vince McMahon. He would always <laughs> give him his comeuppance. 
for 15 years, almost 20 years, Stephanie McMahon has never gotten that comeuppance. Maybe once or twice, but never never a good thorough ass kicking. Sometimes an accidental run into her or whatever. Ronda Rousey on back-to-back nights made Stephanie McMahon scream for mercy and had a great crowd reaction. To the point, Joe, and I'll tie this back into MMA, she said something to the nature of, you know, those losses used to haunt me, but now I'm kind of happy they happened because they led me here. Yep. And that's not something that we would have ever heard Ronda Rousey say even before two weeks ago because we saw how she reacted. It seems like she is really at peace. And the smile that she was putting on before, I could tell she was happy. But man, on Monday night, when she showed up on... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Raw, she looked just thrilled with her life. She looked just happy, happy to be there. Ronda Rousey, for those that don't know, albeit she can, she at the time, um, you know, during my tenure of working with her and covering stuff with the UFC and seeing her in person and having like off the record conversations and just dealing with a bunch of things, you know, people would say, man, she's crazy. She's just not all there. And I was like, no, no, no. She's a smart girl. Okay. She may have her moments. We all have our moments where we're like, what the hell did I just say? Or what the hell did I just do? Or why would I do that? Or blah, blah, blah. But if you pay close attention to some of her Instagram posts, as an example, back in the day, even now, there's always these, motivational quotes or theories that she Mm -hmm. posts up there that make you think they're not just surface level. Yes, I agree. No, I disagree. They're posts where you're like, huh? Wait a second. What? And you reread them. That's a sign of someone that's spending time, even if it's alone, looking at her phone or on her computer and just trying to make sense of her world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And with, with age comes experience and comes wisdom. Now, Sean, Sean Rossap will be the first person to admit on this podcast that even I've had my moments uh, off of this podcast where I'm not doing really good uh, with some of the situation that happens with, I don't know, the UFC or credentialing or being at, a, at, a, at an event and just not happy with how I'm treated. But Sean has always been that one guy, Joe, let it go, let it go. Who cares? Screw them, blah, blah. And it, t- it, it takes me back and it brings me back. And I'm like, man, SRS is bang on. Screw them. Who cares? Who cares? And it's those little moments in time when you realize that 
but that's how I am. Like, I don't, I don't really care what yeah. people say about me. I don't care what people think about me, but then you're in that moment and you, and you have that reaction. Ronda Rousey's gone through that many, many, many times, but as she's getting a little bit older, she looks back. Like I look back, like one day, Sean, when you reach your forties, you're going to look back. Actually, you've no, you said it before. Why would I, what was I thinking when I posted that on Facebook? Oh, yeah, right? all the time. So you look at life as you get a little bit older with experience and look at those negative experiences, those quote-unquote losses, whether in the octagon, in the cage, uh, in life in general. But your successes right now, and you realize if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be exper- experiencing the success that I'm having right now. You know, I, I to this day, I'm still going through it. You know, when you're trying to build businesses that, you know, Everybody loves, everybody enjoys. You bring a great service, you bring value, but that phone isn't ringing, Sean. Yeah, those emails aren't coming in. That business isn't coming in. But it's it's the work that you put in to suffer now to experience success later. That's what Ronda Rousey did. She was on the high, she was on a low, she was on a high, she was on a low, she was on an extreme high, extreme low, and got her life back to where she wants to be right now. And now she's enjoying it. And I'm completely and utterly happy for her. On the flip side, Conor McGregor. Yeah, I've, I've experienced myself. I, if, I think it was four years ago. I got pretty much my dream job writing about wrestling full time. The outlet that I worked for at the time, Watt Culture, they got too aggressive in their U.S. expansion, cut me immediately. I, I learned a lesson. Get it in writing. I went to the biggest wrestling website, uh, news website in the world, worked for a little less than I wanted at the time. And around the time I was shopping myself around, Jimmy Van called me. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. By the way, the person I worked for free for for years, Bill After, he's the one that put in the good word for me and got me hired. So it all comes full circle. And a lot of times during that period, I was short. I wasn't so easy to deal with. I know that Ronda Rousey has been through that time when she's been short, where she's not been easy to deal with, where the work didn't seem worth it, where the extra hours probably didn't seem worth it, especially when you have people on Twitter uh, going at you, saying negative things, attacking your family, including your father who passed away. Just it, it's, it's disgusting. And now she is in a place where the crowd loves her, man. And initially, and she, she's no dummy. She knew that outsiders aren't usually accepted to pro wrestling and she earned it. She earned it by getting better because the first night she showed up, it was weird. She did a lot of sign pointing and ha, he, he. Then she showed up at Elimination Chamber and she wasn't that good on the mic, but then immediately she got better and she got better after that and she got better after that. And then she, she's she been doing the work in the ring. So hot dog, man. What a, what a performance. What a debut. Uh, we got, this isn't on our, our run sheet, but we got news last night that Holly Holm is going to face Megan Anderson. Yeah. Now this is particularly interesting because this is a flyweight fight or not a flyweight, a featherweight fight. I don't have have we seen any featherweight non-title fights in the UFC before? No, no. Uh GDR, no, GDR fought she won the title. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just I think this is the first non-title UFC women's featherweight fight. And it's a good one. It's a decent one. Anderson's ran into some trouble with the striking of Charmaine Tweet, so that makes me wonder how it'll be for Holly Holm. But, man, you want to talk about somebody who – actually, it's funny. People ask me who I thought that would, would be a good transition for from MMA to pro wrestling, and I said Megan Anderson because she's tall. She's got a neat, a unique look. She's got the tattoos. She's good on camera. She does that show with uh, Laura Sanko that's very, very good where they break down every UFC post show. But 
This is this is the test for her. And if she beats Holly Holm, there's no reason you don't give her Cyborg. Yeah, it's just it's no ifs, ands, or buts. Forget about the lack of depth in the division. You take out Holly Holm, you're getting that title shot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Makes me wonder why it's not just Cyborg against Megan Anderson, though. I don't get that. I, I, I'm going to go on the assumption, okay? And this is 100% speculation that somewhere along the line, the UFC and or Cyborg basically said, Megan Anderson doesn't have the name uh, just yet. It's not going to sell pay-per-views. Get her in front of Holly Holm, a name. She defeats her. She now has cachet. It makes for a bigger pay-per-view when yeah. she fights Cyborg. Yeah, I mean, Kunitskaya, Tanya Avenger, Lena Landsberg, Leslie Smith, they don't have names either. But whatever, we want to see Cyborg and Nunez if Nunez beats Pennington anyway. That's that's the fight to make. That yeah. is the fight to do. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good fight to make, I think, Megan Anderson, Holly Holm. This weekend, we also have UFC on Fox, Poirier versus Gaethje. Now, normally we would put pros picks up here, but you can head over to our YouTube. You can head over to our Fightful and see them. We're running this on Google Hangouts as opposed to Wirecast this week since we only had about we only have about 55 minutes to an hour before it's James Lynch's time. This show, despite the 14 fights, <laughs> is a pretty good show. You have Poirier Gaethje, that's a top 10 UFC uh, lightweight fight. Condit Oliveira. I think Oliveira is going to win this one on short notice. You have Adesanya Vettori. That could be good. Waterson. What? 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. That could be good? Yeah, it could be good. Come on, man. When's the last time that Vettori finished a fight? When's the last time Israel had a terrible fight? That's a good point. When's the last time he had a bad interview? <laughs> that kid's something else, man. I like him. Oh man, he was just dropping f bombs. But sure. then you got like Boach and Shoeface. Sign me up. Wilson Hayes, John Moraga. I'm here for it. Jotko, Brad Tavares. Cool. You have Jinder Mahal's boy, Aryan Buller. You have Matt Lopez, Alejandro or uh, Alejandro Perez. That is a good fight. Luke Sanders is always exciting to me, not just because he dates Becky Lynch. Uh, the only fight I'm not looking forward to in any way is. Yushin Okami, who is, keep in mind, he's fighting at welterweight. His last fight was at light heavyweight against Ovent St. Prue, where he lost via Von Flu choke. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I mean, how the mighty have technically fallen. I mean, Yushin Okami once fight, fought for the title, last fought in the main event, now in the prelims. Uh, Diego Lima, who many of us had extreme high hopes for, especially considering he was the Titan FC welterweight champion, moved left the UFC, or sorry, left Titan to go do the reality show, uh, and just for some reason, again, did not come out on the winning end of that, and his stock value has dropped completely. I mean, outside of the cage, my goodness, what an absolute gem him and his brother are. Those two guys are, I got all, I got time all day for those guys. Um, but in terms of the stock value that Diego has, has gone through, his, his stock has completely dropped. You know, I don't think Douglas has dropped. I mean, you made the argument he could have beat Roy McDonald, right? So it's weird how one Lima in the UFC, but fighting on the prelims and on, on the UFC fight pass card, the other one still a contender at 170 pounds in Bellator. Um, very strange, but um, I, 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 I mean, you have shout outs to Bellator for sending me that email that they have announced uh, another Pitbull main event. 
was waiting for you. Thanks for letting me know, guys. I appreciate it. (laughs) Podcast fodder for me. Yeah, guys, on the on the chat on the top right of the screen, there, I, I, I'm reading what you're saying. Uh, Jordan Lane specifically uh, mentioned one quick thing: what happens if Holm takes out Anderson? Though I refuse to talk about that, Jordan. I don't want to talk about that because I love Holly big time. But for the sake of this division, Megan needs to win. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, normally, I would think that Diego Lima stands uh, a shot to get maybe fired if he loses. But man, his last opponent eventually tested positive for the juice. The also juice. Uh, a note on the Pitbull main event. They're doing a Pitbull world tour now since it's going, it's going on in Italy. Also they have uh, Ali Malay McFarlane defending her title in June, I think, but uh, th- there's some decent cards coming up for, for Bellator that may show if it holds together, it never does hold together for Bellator, but if it does Carvalho, Musashi, Crocop Nelson, Sick. Paige Rickles, Phil Davis, Linton Vassell. That's a good show. Also, uh, Yankova versus Kate Jackson on the prelims. That that belongs as a co-main event on a lot of their shows. But um, let's see. You got Bader. Oh, man. Bader and Mo, Fitch and Daly, Congo and Javi Ayala. That's another good show. But uh, they, they have one this weekend that we'll talk about here in a little bit, at least a couple of the fights. But UFC – Glendale, my God. Ariane Buller, he's going to win. Lopez versus Perez, that's going to be a good fight. I think Alejandro Perez takes that fight. Um, you have Gilbert Burns on the prelims as well. He's He's been inconsistent, but when he wins, he finishes. I'm looking for him to uh, get a finish. Then you got like Christoph Jotko against Brad Tavares. This is uh, not a fight that's going to make a ton of people tune in, but people should tune in for it. Jotko... Was was looked like he was something special a year ago, and it just hasn't went his way when he fought Branch and Uriah Hall, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. It's it's it'll be the first fight, but I think. Do you think that Kristoff is going to realize? Okay, dude, you, you got to do something. Like you are now kicking off the Fox prelim card. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got to put on a performance if you want to get back to that main card. Okay, Brad Tavares, we know what Brad brings to the cage. Bottom line is we know what he brings. Blue collar work, work ethic. He will sit there, stand and bang, throw leg kicks, take leg kicks, throw leg kicks, take leg kicks. He, we know what he brings to the table. So uh, although this fight here may not be on paper overly exciting, I expect both these guys to put on some sort of show. I will say this, though, because I'm a little. I'm not saying I'm bitter. I shouldn't be bitter. I shouldn't be pissed off. But I'm not going to be able to watch this show live. I'm not going to be able to watch my Toronto Maple Leafs play on Saturday because uh, I'm leaving the country with the family and another couple with their Ooh. kids. And Yeah, we're going on vacation. So, uh, But I did double-check the uh, the resort that we're staying at in Punta Cana, and they have a sports bar that, quote-unquote, Sean promises you'll never miss your big sporting events. Oh, hey, there we go. Now, unfortunately, we'll we don't land. Qualify as big, though. Well, I don't know. We don't land till eleven thirty, or no, we don't land. Yeah, ten thirty in the evening. So I may have to catch us on Fight Pass the next day. Uh, but other than that, I'll definitely be catching. Uh, you, you, I'm assuming you're doing a post-fight uh, podcast, right? Yes, either Saturday or Sunday. I will be. Take a wild guess what I'll be listening to while I'm tanning. That podcast, probably. Yes, sir. What do you mean, probably? Hell, yes. I want to listen to you make a fool of yourself. That's all I care about. Jesus. You know? uh, UFC matchmakers might make a fool of themselves. Uh, I think they just insinuate that every Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson victim is on the same plane because they have Wilson Hayes, who has lost two in a row, against John Moraga, who has won two in a row. Now, keep in mind, 
Moraga had his back against the wall in June of last year. He had had his three straight losses, and they gave him a guy that maybe wasn't on that level, and then they gave him a, a prospect, and he beat both of them. Wilson Hayes, on the other hand, had yet to take that step down. You could say, well, I know you could say, Moraga is that step down for him, from Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson to Cejudo to Moraga. Wilson Hayes, 33 years old, John Moraga, 34 years old, what do these guys have left in the tank at flyweight? Because I don't think you can – people that age don't hang around there forever. I like to fight. I do like to fight because, like, your analogy is, is pretty simple. I love it because Wilson Hayes is doing this. Yeah. John Moraga is doing this. So now they're meeting at a point where only one of those two guys, either one is going to continue going down, either one is going to be continue to move up. Something's going to crash there, and it's either going to halt Moraga's ascension or it's going to halt um, uh, Wilson's descension, right? Yes. So something's got to give there. So now they're at a point there where something's going to happen, right? So I look at it, in my opinion, I think Wilson Heist wins his fight or Heist wins his fight, right? So I think he, he stops there and remains at that level. Like you said, the UFC puts him on the same plane. Uh, Moraga with the loss could be in trouble. We'll see, even though he's on a two-fight win streak. But is he on a two-fight win streak? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So in terms of that, we'll see what happens. But it's again, it's another division where a dominant champion is there. What does the UFC do? All you can really do is just continue to put on fights and have these, um, you know, flyweights rise to the top again. Right. Or other ones that haven't had that chance chance continue. So it, it, it's a very, very, in my opinion, difficult division to matchmake for. So I get what the UFC is doing here. But at the same time, I like this fight. And I think it's going to be an exciting fight because I think both these guys, Moraga live, has lived his life yeah. with his back against the wall. That's how you know, outside of the cage, inside of the cage, he, he's always talking about, you know, the difficulty he had as a youth, um, you know, everyone against me sort of thing. That's how he fights. Wilson Hayes knows I can't mess around here, man. I got to put on a good performance. And when he wants to fight, he finishes people. So I like this fight. I am perhaps most interested outside of that main event in shoe face. <laughs> I love this guy, man. He, yep. he's not, he doesn't have a top 15 opponent in boat. He's got a guy who pops in and out of the top 15 in boat, but 12 UFC fights, if you include tough and he has two losses. What does it take to get this man a damn top 15 fight? He's beaten Marvin Vittori. He's beaten Eric Spicely, Jack Marshman back-to-back. Beat Eddie Gordon when they thought Eddie Gordon was something. His two losses, Dan Kelly, Patrick Cummins, pretty decent fighters, at least at that stage. I'm looking for Shoeface to win via submission or Boach to just knock him clean. (laughs) This is the type of thing Boach does. He's like, all right, Hendricks? Oh, yeah? Later. (laughs) <laughs> Sapo, too bad you're you're unconscious. Josh Saman knocked him out. When he wins, when Boach does win in the last like four years, he just knocks people dead. That's just generally what he's been doing. So, but but he is susceptible to the submission. He's been submitted several times. There's a nine year age difference between these two. Yeah, right? feels I mean, like forty. Yeah, Antonio Carlos Jr. is just going to simply, I think he's going to be too fast for Tim. Uh, you know, Tim's one punch away from destroying uh, Antonio. We all know that. But yes. Antonio will do what he can. Um, he, if he even, okay, he's going to get clinched. He's going to get the clinch. 
Okay. I think he's going to get the clinch with Tim and he's going to quickly realize holy man strength, holy dad strength. Tim Boach is one strong SOB. So we're going to have to rely to our technical ability to get this fight down on the ground. We're going to have to try and get Tim's Boke, uh, Tim Boach's back and play this game. And I think he will. Uh, and I think he wins that fight um, via some sort of choke. I just think that Antonio, we'll call him shoe face, like you said, it, it, his skill set is so underappreciated in terms of what he does. Now, with this win here, he's got to get a top 10 opponent, in my opinion. Forget top 15, top 10 opponent, because he is, he is a fantastic fighter. Uh, I, I think he's underappreciated to the point where he's underrated. I think media and mixed martial arts media, I know we're in our bubble, and they need to be talking a lot more about this guy, especially in this division. So, um, but. I hate that word, but but Tim Boach has a damn thing yeah. where he he puts curveballs in everybody's plans and everybody's predictions. So I still think Antonio wins this fight, but man, looking forward to seeing this one go down. Michelle Watterson, Courtney Casey. I think Michelle Watterson's taking that for the same reason that I think that uh, Alex Oliveira is going to beat Carlos Condit, and that's accurate striking uh, and speed. I don't know that Courtney Casey or Carlos Condit have the striking accuracy or the speed at this stage of their careers or just in general to beat these two opponents. And Alex Oliveira, you still got to wonder if he'll make weight, even for welterweight. But uh, Michelle Watterson just seems to – like she hasn't lost that yet. Uh, Carlos Condit, there has been – I've been given no indication in the past three years that he's going to win fights, really, so – Maybe four, four or five at this point. If Carlos Conda does lose this fight, should he hang up the gloves? No, I think he should keep fighting until he he wants to stop. Honestly, I mean, thirty three years old, they can get some more juice out of him. And uh, his MMA mileage though is just yeah. insane. To me, if he's co-main eventing Fox cards, pff, who gives a damn? If he wants to keep doing it, whatever. I mean, look at look at Rashad. He refuses to hang up the gloves. And now he is like, I think, eighth up the billing on UFC Chicago. A psycho card, by the way. Whitaker Romero, Dos Anjos Covington, Overeem Blades, Benavidez Pettis, Gedalia Esparza, Arlovsky Tuivasa, Holm Anderson. And then you get, then after that, you get Anthony Smith and Rashad Evans, which I don't care about watching Rashad Evans fight ever again, but just. What a card. Still Jeez. bitter Jose Shorty Torres is it on that card. He deserves yeah, me to be too. on the Chicago card. Put him yeah. on the UFC prelims uh, or, or on the fight pass prelims. The, the guy's a champ champ. Well, there, there there are still a couple months, and it is there are 10 fights scheduled. So, well, 10 fights announced. They're going to put Punk and Mike Jackson on that show. So I could see him still getting on there. Hopefully I he does. I would love it. I mean, what an absolute honor to do play-by-play and color commentary with him for the Titan Show. God, is he absolutely amazing. He's he's a he's a different type of color commentator than what I was used to with Kamara Usman, who's very laid back, very calm, has, has spurts of excitement, whereas Shorty is above the level of excitement but stays there. Right, his analogies and his breakdowns and his his quick wit, his very quick to to look at a situation and get that comment in there really quick, throw it back to me, throw it back to him. It was just man, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, they're just it's it's fun. I oh, mean, yeah. I got I got Frank Trigg to deal with next month or to, not next month. Well, it is next month, the first week of um, uh, May with Ryzen. So I've got three different types of guys that I do 
play-by-play uh, -play and commentary with that are completely different. You got Trigg who throws me under the bus every fourth fight. You got Kamaru calm and just goes in there. And then you got Shorty that's just on point all the time. <laughs> I, so. I would book him against Ben Wynn for that Chicago card because then it's a top 10 opponent for Torres. And I consider Torres a top 10 UFC flyweight as is. Yeah. Then if he wins that fight, you can just say it. He's a top 10 flyweight already. And I don't want to say fast track him, but get him in that top 10 already where he belongs. But, I mean, we know that, that flyweight carousel can be crazy. But I, I like the division for that reason. Yeah. Um, Adesanya Vittori. Vittori is a threat on the ground. I think he's a brown belt. And that's that's a challenge that a lot of people have been calling for, for Israel Adesanya. More a wrestler than anything that they want him to face. But uh, how do you think this one goes? Whatever Israel wants to do. Right. I mean, Edesanya to me is a very, very special fighter. And I rarely say that. Uh, I think he's just, his trajectory is going to be absolutely astronomical, especially in this division here at 185 pounds. Should I be rooting for my fellow Italian? Yeah. But I also look at this from an analyst point of view and like, Israel Edesanya is a bad, bad yeah, kid, man. This kid's got some crazy. I don't give a bleep. About Guys, please go back and watch the interview that James Lynch did with Adesanya and him on the on the fighters react to Ronda Rousey going to WWE video. It was gold. Uh, we also had this main event, Poirier versus Gaethje. This is a banger. This is a Fox main event. This is the type of main event you want on a Fox show. You want to put on a fight that you know refuses to be anything but good. This is that fight. Uh, Dustin Poirier has been a guy that he's always just on that cusp of getting a title shot always. And just some stuff happens. Like he, he beat Coke, Brandau, Corsini. He ran into a guy named Conor McGregor. Yeah. He went on this, this hot streak, Diego Ferrer, Yancey Medeiros, Joe Duffy, Bobby Green. Well, then you run into the, the spoiler, Michael Johnson, who just likes to lose like 70% of his fights and then knock out a top five guy. That's just what he does. Well, now he has beaten Miller, went to the no contest with Alvarez, beat Pettis. If he beats Gaethje, you got to throw him up in there in the conversation. Now, given all the, the craziness with the lightweight belt, who knows? But Tony Ferguson, we don't know what's up with his title. We can talk about that while we're at it, too. Maybe he fights Habib if Connor doesn't do it this year. Who is the UFC lightweight champion right now? Is it Connor McGregor, Habib Nurmagomedov, or Tony Ferguson? How the hell should I know? I just cover this for a living. It's supposed to be Habib. It's supposed to be Habib. But if we all look at it on on from from our subjective slash non-subjective slash bias slash non-biased point of view, who is the, the 155-pound champion? Really? Yeah. Right? Because Connor never lost it. He also never defended it. Tony Correct. got the interim title and was supposed to make it official by fighting Habib. That fight never happened. Habib showed up. Habib made weight. Habib supposed to fight Max Holloway. Didn't fight Max Holloway. Ends up fighting Ally Quinta. He emerges victorious. So we have ourselves a triple threat potential championship title fight here. Like, I mean, it's crazy to yeah. think what is going on here. There's three guys that can lay claim to being the UFC's 155-pound champion. Now, those three guys, I think, need to figure it out. Underneath that is your Kevin Lee's. Potentially, you got to get him in the damn cage, though. Habib's got Ramadan. Connor's got. Okay, let's talk about that. Connor's doing. 
talk about that in a second, Habib. Okay, Hab- yeah. Ramadan. Hold on a second. Well, I got like three or four minutes. So, oh, see. Okay, real quick then. So you have those three guys underneath that. You've got your Eddie Alvarez's. You got your Eddie Alvarez and your Kevin Lee's. Right below that, in my opinion, you got your Dustin Poirier, your Justin Gaethje. The winner of this fight has to sort of move up there and be like, okay, you know what? What do we do with the winner of this fight? Does Dustin get a rematch with Eddie Alvarez, which should then somehow some potentially get him close with title shot? Title shot. If Justin Gaethje wins, does well, he get the title shot at this point? Shite, yes, exactly. I love this fight, and the winner is going to have some crazy little options here, whether it's Gaethje, Kevin Lee, whether it's Poirier, Alvarez, whether it's Kevin Lee versus the winner of either one of these guys. Um, it's crazy. You're not going to see Alvarez, Gaethje again. You won't see and you that. have James Vick out there calling out, uh, I think, Gaethje for saying that he's going to slap him or something like that. It's a mess. Guys, I will be here this weekend, either <laughs> Saturday or Sunday, doing a post show. But join us, live coverage, UFC Glendale. But tune in right now. If you're watching live, James Lynch has the MMA Industry Podcast up next. Our show will go back, maybe normal format, normal length and stuff next week. I'm kind of liking Google Hangouts, just saying. But guys, <laughs> follow him at Showdown Joe. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Until next time, we are out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.